Hello, welcome to Smashed, a podcast of Jin and the 4077. I am Ellie Collins, and... I am Ian E. Muller. <laughs> <laughs> we have not even started drinking yet. Speak for yourself. Oh yeah, that's true. You you had a glass. Uh, so what are we drinking today? Uh, this is... Hashtag not sponsored. Hashtag not sponsored. Uh, Old Fourth Distillery Handcrafted Gin. Fine Southern Spirit made Fine. in Atlanta, Georgia. So this is from a local distillery here in Atlanta. Oh. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, pour it. Okay, hold on. <laughs> gotta get the Foley. Uh, oh! Oh my god, it smells like rubbing alcohol. Yeah, for uh, for listeners who don't know us from other projects that we've wow. done and everything, um, I don't drink gin, so this is going to be fun. I actually barely drink to begin with. Yeah, you have like a screwdriver once in a blue moon. Yeah, I think I had like a daiquiri a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you don't drink at all, and... I am a connoisseur of hard alcohol. Connoisseur of hard alcohol is such a nice way of saying alcoholic. I'm not an alcoholic. <laughs> Alcoholics go to meetings. Uh, careful with that joke. It's an antique. I know. Like this show. <laughs> <laughs> so, real quick, because we love MASH, but a lot of our friends who might be joining this just to hear our shenanigans might not know MASH, so give a brief explanation of the show. All right, MASH is a show that uh, is based on a movie of the same name. Uh, the movie came out in 1970, and the show launched in, I believe, 72. Uh, I'll fact check that later. Um, <laughs> and went on for 11 seasons. It is the story of a mobile army surgical hospital during the Korean War. Uh, it is a comedy. It's not really a sitcom. No. Uh, well, that's <clears throat> debatable, and we'll get into that as we talk about the episode. Um, I would say dramedy. Yeah, dramedy. Um, about doctors who really don't want to be there, but also the horrors of war and the politics. And uh, it's very much political so commentary of the United States during Vietnam. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's but a, set during Korea so that it's not so It's a obvious. personal view of the war, too. It's yeah. not like um, a lot of modern war <laughs> media tends to be about, like, seeing it from the soldier perspective and, like, the action of it, whereas this was more about the people. Yeah. Kind of, kind of. I mean, Scrubs definitely uh, takes a lot from M.A.S.H. Yeah, I would compare it to Scrubs. Um, I would also... Turk and J.D. are very much Hawkeye and B.J. Scrubs, Scrubs is, if not intentionally, uh, very much a spiritual successor, uh, or just in general a uh, homage to M.A.S.H., yeah, it's Scrubs with a political statement. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a great show. I've this is the tenth time I've watched through all eleven seasons. I typically uh, never watched it like in order. Uh, recently was my first like full in order watch through. Uh, I shared Mash with my grandfather, so we would yeah. always watch it whenever it came on TV. Good classic TV land, Nick at Night kind of stuff. Oh yeah. Um, so I watched it very out of order. So like, I actually went a very long time without knowing Trapper existed. Right, because uh, you started with the latter half of the show. Yes, because um, I got into it because 
I loved Beauty and the Beast, in particularly Cogsworth and Lumiere. And the voice of Cogsworth is uh, Charles Emerson Winchester from the latter half of the show. And I just love Cogsworth so much. My grandfather used that to convince me to I mean, watch MASH. It's a, it's a good reason. And yeah. we'll get into uh, why that's the case later. Because that's spoilers <laughs> for like season five. <laughs> <laughs> spoilers on a show that came out in the 70s. Shh. Uh, but yeah, before we jump into talking about episode season one, episode one of MASH, because that's what we're going to do, uh, we're going to talk about a single episode of the show for each episode of the podcast. Uh, cheers. Cheers. Oh, hopefully that wasn't too loud on the audio. We'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my God. It tastes like nail polish remover. Not that I know what that tastes like, but oh, it burns. Uh, so for those of you who enjoy alcohol, <laughs> straight alcohol, uh, this is actually a very good gin. Um, <laughs> Don't let me convince you. <laughs> also, I, just because obviously y'all are listening to this as a recording, you can't see us. Uh, I just sat there watching her take that sip because I knew how she was going to react. <laughs> no, uh, oh, this is a very good gin. Uh, it's got, it's, it's a little stronger on like juniper uh then i would prefer um so it's not it doesn't have quite the same subtlety as like a tangeray does um but it's good it's a very it's a very good american made gin oh <coughs> do you want all right there sparky <laughs> i feel like at some point we have to drink tangeray but like during during the tank episode uh boo boo but boo. Yeah, but when we get to that episode, you're going to be like, we should get Ted Gray, and you're going to giggle to yourself I'm that you're laugh, so brilliant. Yeah. That, yeah. So yeah, let's let's start talking about episode one, the sure. pilot. Uh, and bef- just before we jump into that too, you'll notice the quality of my voice changed through this through the uh, first few episodes <laughs> of this because I am sick currently, uh, so hopefully I will not be sick by the time we record episodes four, five, and six. Also, uh, formatting, we are going to be recording about three episodes at a time. So that we get progressively drunker through three episodes, and then are sober again for the fourth one. So that'll be (coughs) fun. Uh, We'll we'll see what happens. How much of this I could drink? Yeah, we'll see how much you can add. You we may have to move you to mixed drinks. (laughs) Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll have to practice all my gin cocktails. (laughs) It feels very appropriate. All right. So yeah, um, it opens up with a uh, Korean version of a English song. Which is something that I wish they would have kept up with throughout the show. Um, yeah. Just like interspersed, kind of like how Westworld does yeah. their versions of uh, modern music. Uh, that just would have been cute to keep up with, and I wish they had. Yeah, I wish they had maintained it. Because even if they were using songs that were actually played during the Korean War, they could have, they had the budget in yeah. later seasons to get more made. I fell in love with stuff like that because of Bioshock. Uh, oh yeah. When you open the tears in reality in there mm-hmm. and you wind up with like big band versions of Yeah, yeah. Like Cindy Lauper and everything. So I have an affinity for that and I wish they would have kept up with it. It was very cute. Um that first uh shot of um the not original Father Mulcahy, or the, I guess, technically original the Father original, Mulcahy. The original, the not Father Mulcahy? Yeah. <laughs> I literally just went, ah, when he showed up. 
Bless his heart. He's only in this episode, right? Yeah. It, yeah. He's, he, this is the only episode that actor is in. Father Mulcahy's character is not in episode two, and then it's William Christopher for the rest of the series. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Which, I love him Yeah, no, so he's much. wonderful. He's he's one of my favorite characters on the show, so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they, they move on to... Uh, I don't. I honestly have no idea what happened. Uh, maybe they just. Maybe the actor didn't want to do it. Well, typically when you do pilots, you make the pilot as like a one-off. Yeah. Um. So it makes sense. Like you make the pilot, and then because uh, I have worked in film and television before and worked on a pilot, um, pretty much everyone gets fired after the pilot, and then you get hired back on if the show is picked up. Yeah. So it makes sense uh, to have some changes, particularly for episode two, especially yep. if uh, if they did the pilot and then we don't know how much time transpired between the pilot and the show right. getting picked up and produced. The guy probably just went, nah. <laughs> and MASH has a not not unique, but uh, not that common factor of being a spinoff from a film. That yeah. That had been released only like two years earlier. Yeah. So, and there are actors who are in the film who are on the TV show, like Gary Berghoff and uh, Timothy Brown. Yeah. Timothy Brown is, uh, we're not saying his name. Um, <laughs> uh, Captain Jones, I believe. Yes. Uh, uh, we're that. Oh, that's one of the interesting things about this show is going back and seeing weirdly how not progressive they were in a lot of ways, but then also very progressive in other ways. Yeah. Um, Especially, and they got more progressive in the later seasons once like Alan Alda had more creative control over the show. And once you get Frank off the show. (sighs) Yeah. Well, Um, but yeah, like it, it really picked up from the movie and just kind of carried on the idea of what the movie was doing. Which is very evident in the pilot because <laughs> very evident in the pilot because there's literally no. Uh... Sorry, I tried to take a drink while you were talking. <laughs> yeah, that didn't go well. No, it tastes like I shoved a plant in my mouth from outside. I shouldn't have. <laughs> Just chewing on a pine tree. Yeah. Okay, keep going. Sorry. So, like, the pilot has like no narrative structure whatsoever. No, but in a way, it's got similar-ish structure to later seasons, where it's like, it's a thing we need to do. Oh, yeah. And, like, the kind of nebulous, but it's still, like, there's still a plot, and it's still going forward, as opposed to some of the episodes, which we'll get into when those episodes happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But, yeah, no, uh... The other thing that I think is weird about this episode, and they do the same like trope in later episodes, but they actually follow through with it. This episode starts after the uh, cold open in the credits with Hawkeye narrating a letter to his father. Mm-hmm. And that lasts for about five seconds, and then they never talk about it again for the rest of the episode. Yeah, in, in later episodes, they tend to follow through with the completion of the letter, mm-hmm. Or at least why they didn't complete the letter, but here it just like dropped off. Yeah, um, it was really, it was really weird. And I, like, I know that that was supposed to be a reference to the film, but it's weird that they just didn't finish it for this episode. Yeah, um, Trapper from the very beginning has such meh vibes. Yeah, I know. Like, I, I never liked Trapper. Yeah, hot take. I don't like Trapper either, and. You know, it's it's especially jarring coming from we just finished watching the entire series and then decided yep. to start this show. 
Um, Trapper is just nothing. Like, BJ brings out a lot in Hawkeye. Hawkeye just seems very, like... Eh, there's nothing yeah. really to him yet. Yeah. He's got he's got the sassy remarks, but like overall, if this was the pilot I saw back in the seventies watching TV, um, I wouldn't watch a show. Like the laugh track. <laughs> like yeah. I hate the laugh track and the, the, so much. The musical accents throughout it that are super corny. Yeah, I think I actually wrote a note about that for myself there. Like the they use the the theme song, which um, is a very depressing song, but they use it as like background tracking when Hawkeye's flirting with Lieutenant Dish. Yeah, which is use, like, so a inappropriate. Sounding version of it for another yeah. scene. You're like, no, that doesn't work. I'm sorry. You can't just take a theme song that's that depressing and just put it into a few different genres and yeah, use no. it as a soundtrack. No, no. But uh, to what you were saying about how like. Trapper's very meh, and it's very off-putting in a sense because of how other characters play off of each other in later episodes. I think part of that issue, too, is, and this is a pilot, but the they haven't established who the main character of the show is yet. The main character is, like, is the MASH 4077. Yeah. So, they're like, all the characters that are vying for equal time on screen, and they're not really building off of each other which they start doing later on which is when hawkeye really comes to the forefront as the main character yeah and and how i kind of referenced it to you uh recently was it's the full house effect where like in full house there's there's really no main character the main character is the whole family and so each episode you're trying to keep up with all the different members of the family as they experience what the plot has decided to be Whereas in later episodes, it, you know, the plot is driven, like, by Hawkeye or by BJ. Like, a character actually drives the episode instead of the plot being just what the writers decided. And now we're going to follow all the characters through it. This episode is very much, the plot is an event happening to the MASH. Yeah. And we're just here to observe that. And it's weird. Also seeing Al and Alda so young. Yeah. (laughs) I yeah. forgot like how how much older he looks by the end of the show still looks amazing. Um but just how much older he looks by the end of the show and then coming to the pilot just ah. Yep. yep. Um But yeah, like uh it's interesting that the opening scene the first couple of minutes of the show that cold open is what becomes the intro for the rest of the entirety of the show with some awkward inserts of BJ later. <laughs> yeah. Um but like it's it's interesting to me that they that it's the way we meet this show is the way we will continue to meet this show every single episode. Yep. Um But yeah, uh Frank being a bastard from first word. Literally from his first line, he's yeah, they set him up to for you to know that, oh, this guy's an asshole and we hate him. And his character never grows nope. <laughs> beyond that. No, he doesn't. Not at uh, all. I think that's what drives me nuts about Frank, and you can even see it in this episode, is that he's he's got the arrogance, hatefulness, and bigotry of a much uh, <clears throat> a much more insidious character, but he continues to be a whiny little baby all the time. And the two things are very at odds with the character. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they I think the one 
because this is probably by far like the worst episode of the show. Yeah, uh, I would argue that. But it does set a lot of that opening ground of like setting up, you know, Frank being a shitty human being and an idiot and racist and. He doesn't say anything racist in the first episode. I was surprised. No, he, no, he doesn't. But it sets up that like counterpoint between him and some of the other characters, like Alan Alda being hyper altruistic, like wanting to send Ho John home to go to college and live with his parents, which we'll talk about later because that's weird. Yeah. Um. <laughs> not not him sending him to live with his parents, like pl- things that they retconned halfway through the show. <laughs> It is also very interesting to see, um, like I said, just from watching the end of the show, like, and looping back around to the beginning, is the degradation of Hawkeye's soul as it went on. Um, I think I said it reminded me of Breaking Bad. Yep. uh, How people said Breaking Bad is the story of the de-evolution of Walter White. MASH is very much the story of the de-evolution of Hawkeye Pierce. Yeah. Definitely. Because the way, and and I think that in itself is a wonderful political statement in the way that the war just broke Hawkeye down. Because if Hawkeye, if the war had ended, let's say by episode 10 um, of the first season, Hawkeye would have been fine. He would have been like, we saw some really messed up stuff. That's it. Yeah. He would not be the completely permanently damaged person that he is by the end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> I'll drink to that. <laughs> yeah, you're just quietly drinking easily here. I'm trying to make sure I'm not interrupting anything by gagging and choking. We'll have another sip. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, <laughs> no. Ah. No, I'm going to have to get mixed drinks. All right. Gin okay. cocktails after this episode. <laughs> um, but I am trying the straight gin for all of y'all. Um, You're a trooper. <laughs> no, I'm a trapper. Ah! Uh, um, uh, I wish that uh, there had been more plots like Hojon over the course of the show. Yeah, um, I agree. A lot of the... Um, Personal plots with the Korean people uh, are very adversarial, even when it's a positive one. Um, Hojun's really the one time where we see like, hey, there is this person that we can help that isn't a part of us. Let's help him. And everyone comes together to help him. Yeah. And I don't think they should do that a ton because that would have been awkward and disingenuous. But we really don't get another plot like Hojun where they all gathered their money to help him go to college and send him in the States. There are a couple. Not, like, not really to this level. There's the kid with glasses, but that's, like, eight seasons later. Yeah. And then there's a, there's an, um, a Korean doctor. Yeah. I remember that episode. (laughs) We'll talk about that when it gets there. But there's not really anything like... Hojon, where it's just as simple. We also get like no backstory on Hojon, and we nope. never hear from him again, despite the fact that he's supposedly going to stay with Hawkeye's parents. Yeah, he's in he's in like the first six episodes. Yeah, and then just gone. Yeah, and it's like he he goes to live with Hawkeye's parents and go to college, and that's something that we never hear about ever again. I feel like there would have been like that would have been a cool follow up, especially later on when they're talking about um. 
uh, having their families all meet each other. Like, they could have been like, and who's this young Korean boy that came with Hawkeye's parents? Like, oh, that's Hojon. We helped him go to college. Like, oh, even yeah, just yeah, a yeah, little yeah. reference like that. Yeah. Like, but there were a lot of opportunities or even just Hawkeye getting a letter from home. And in the letter from home, there is a reference to like, oh, yeah, by the way, Hojan's doing great at college. A throwaway <laughs> line here or there. Um, but this show does a lot of that. A lot of threads that just leave dangling. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, Hawkeye's parents, apparently, not just his dad. Yeah, they retcon that later. Yeah. <laughs> That that was a that was a thing you had to point it out to me because I didn't catch it at first. Where I was just like, "Did you say parents?" <laughs> um, but yeah, this episode is very sitcom. Yep. Um, it, they they didn't know what the tone of the show was going to be yet. Yeah, and I think it's a hard sell maybe in the beginning to be like, "We'd like to do a really depressing show about the horrors of war." Not everybody's into the Fallout game series. We are. <laughs> <laughs> we just. <laughs> We need to uh, superimpose Ron Perlman saying war never changes war. over... War never changes. Over the opening of MASH. Yeah. Um, the only other things that I really wanted to talk about from this episode are... Like, Houlihan and Frank's characters. Oh, God. Yeah. Like... <coughs> Houlihan is really the main character of the show later on. Uh, because the show very much becomes about her evolution. Yeah. And character growth. Um, we got the first use of hot lips in the first episode. Yep. Multiple times. Multiple times. Yep. Because that is a that is a holdover from the uh, movie. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was interesting they threw it into the pilot as like a little like, hey. Yep. Wink and a nudge yep. since y'all can't see me. But like they even set up that dynamic between uh, Houlihan and Frank early on with like he is so inept that she has to protect him yeah and and that drives me nuts with him uh one of the other things that drives me nuts is when frank goes to take the uh distillery away from them and the spring yeah that weird boing sound i hate that or like when he throws it on the ground you blatantly hear glass breaking but it's a copper still yeah um yeah it's uh also radar is a lot more interesting in these early episodes yeah he's not as infantile yeah he's not a little boy who needs his teddy bear and you wonder how he could even function in the real world let alone in the army like it feels like radar and Houlihan switched personalities throughout the show where Houlihan starts off very confident very headstrong but very daddy they're being mean to me yeah you know like tell them to stop pulling my hair and radar is super confident has his spidey sense hearing the choppers before anyone else hears the choppers you know radar seems like a very confident capable strong character and he just devolves into a itty bitty baby yep <laughs> And then there's episodes of him complaining about people treating him that way. Yeah. And it's like, well, you act... Anyway. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of the character. I but... made a, I made a note for myself that it's weird that Blake says damn it to me. Uh, yeah. Because I remember watching a lot of classic television and A, you wouldn't have cursed in the beginning. Um, censors were really weird back in the 70s. 
Um, so it just, it, it feels uh, significant that he said, damn it, in the first episode. Like, that feels like... Setting a tone. Yeah, it feels like setting a tone, and it, it feels like the kind of thing that you would try and get away with in the second season. Yeah, like, like for... once you're more established and beloved. But I think that might have been them riding the coattails of the popularity of the movie, knowing the show, like, okay, yes, this is a pilot, but we know the show is going to be picked up. Yeah, so... Um, so we can take more risks. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, it's just one of those things that struck me the second he said it. I was just like, wait, what? Yeah. Um, the uh, the announcement of everyone going to the OR, um, like, for everyone to, to report. Uh, our wonderful Max Klinger, before he came onto yeah. the show. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's weird, Jamie though. Jamie Farr's, like, uncredited guest appearance in the first episode when he finally arrives later on in the season. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, it's weird to hear, like, the non-comedic uh, calls to OR. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, the... It's... It was just very jarring. Yeah. It's It's jarring to see what this show started as versus what it became. And I think if it had stayed the way that it is in the first episode, it would not be yeah. as beloved as it is now. Oh yeah, definitely. It's very, it's very much beloved because of the later on seasons, but it's really fun going back and watching the early seasons again, especially the first season yeah. to show like where the character started. Yeah. Um, and I think that's important. It's, it's also, I already feel the uh, losses in character dynamic from not having certain people like Potter and Connor yeah. and <clears throat> BJ. Um, yep. <laughs> I, I, I have such a reverence for Blake because of his actor. Yeah. That I forgot how much I really don't like Blake as a character. Oh, yeah. No, I can't stand the character. It, the It's that comical ineptitude that is just illogical but you know what's funny is uh burns is the same way like yeah. larry linville was apparently a really really stand-up guy and everyone in the cast loved him yeah but you hate the character so much yeah and i feel like it's <clears throat> also important to note uh for people watching the show is i'm from an army family yeah <laughs> uh so yeah. so like characters like Blake and Frank really get under my skin because I've known some some idiots in the army. I've known some people that you wonder how they got their command. I think anybody who's been even close to the army knows those kinds of people. But these two are above and beyond. They are <laughs> they are there is no way they would have gotten command let alone promoted even like Daddy calling you in some favors wouldn't get you to major, let alone captain. <laughs> yep. It, but this was also, I mean, to be fair, this was a much different time of the army than when you experienced, which, I mean... With, no, that's my family, my, like, parents' time of the army. Yeah, like, the Korean War was very much a, we just need bodies. Yeah. Time period. But so, <clears throat> someone like Frank would have stayed PFC for the rest of his life. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Frank would have Frank would have gotten promoted for doing something good, and then a They'd week like, later got knocked right back down to PFC. You're a doctor. We're gonna make you a captain. Oops. Oops. Uh, can you be a, a surgeon at private first yeah. class? Can we let that happen? Well, and I just like if you look at the movie, 
the casting of the movie makes more sense for why some of these people are where they are. Because, like, Robert Duvall plays Frank Burns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the movie cast is odd. It's really weird. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I'm excited to be doing this show and kind of going back through everything and really talking about and analyzing it because we watch MASH before we go to sleep at night. That's our, that's our nighttime (laughs) routine is, you know, brush your teeth, put on your PJs, watch MASH, go to bed, which I feel like ages us greatly. (laughs) I, I have never not said that I was an old man. (laughs) Oh no, I'm definitely an old lady. We we are uh the oldest uh 30-somethings. <laughs> uh I I say with like all my back and knee issues. <laughs> but um but it's really fun to kind of like go through the show and like really talk about it and analyze it in this way. Yeah. So, I'm excited to be doing this show and I think we're going to we're going to be having a lot of fun with this so we're about to watch episode two make some mixed drinks for me <laughs> i'm probably gonna switch to a mixed drink too hey we'll be we'll be a little more toasty a little more warm uh by the next episode and we will discuss uh the technically the first episode but the second episode because uh, yeah. pilots are proof of concept, and then the first episode that you get after that is really where they feel they want to start the show and go from there. So we'll see how we feel about that one when it comes around. So I have been one of your illustrious hosts, uh, Private First Class. <laughs> uh, I am Ellie Collins. Uh, I typically am a... Uh, Well, now I'm a live streamer and I do Vampire the Masquerade and various gaming. Um, I used to be a, well, I say used to, we're on pause for the pandemic. I was going to say, you're still technically Uh, around. I am a horror podcaster. I do a horror narrative show called The Blood Crow Stories, telling different horror stories each season. Uh, So that is me. You can find me on Twitter at Ellie underscore A underscore Collins. Ian, what about you? Uh, I am a nerd who <laughs> has watched MASH 11 times, so that should tell you a lot about me as a person. I can tell how much <laughs> gin you've drank with that outro. Not that much. Um, <laughs> no, I I am also a live streamer. I run um, horror TTRPG games, and I also am a musician and a writer, and you can find all of my stuff online at uh, ianemuller.com. Or uh, you can find me on Twitter as at Ravnos, R-A-V-N-O-S. Woohoo! So, all right. We will uh, we will be seeing you guys next time. I yeah. hear the choppers on their way in now. Cheers. So, cheers. I'm just making you suffer. <laughs> no! <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>